Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of season three. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is season three. It is. Look how far we've come. I know. I know. We were just sitting at this table. Two years ago. Two years ago, right. going like, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And then the show was born. That's right. What I a- wanted to, uh, yes, the show was born. They were born um, and... They are, I feel like they're like a preteen right now. Yeah, you know. So they like age in dog years? Is that I what guess, we're doing? Maybe so. Okay. Maybe the age is right. in dog years. So we're feisty and angsty at this point is what A we're little bit, about. I guess so. That, that feels about and right. A little bit like really starting to, you know. For the state of the world, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> For the state. The angst is certainly real. Certainly, <laughs> angst is real. The angst is real indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, and we, you know, what a what a whirlwind, you know, non-summer we had. <laughs> oh, for of doing real. nothing, I know. And then we, well, and we, we saw a lot of each other. Yeah, we did see a lot of each other, a lot, because we, <laughs> you know, melded our ecosystems. We did, yeah, and so that we could be around each other, right? Because you know, people need friends. It's true. Oh lord especially now. And we did some very brief travels that were in safe areas that, that were very close by. we were very considerate about and oh, yeah. agonized over for long periods of time agonized will, over i'm sure tell you at length i was the one that did a lot of the agonizing but so. i mean rightfully so right because travel i feel like the time we had yeah. giant eyes we did and then went okay let's go back down to the earth my instinct is to just like see if we can make things happen right and your instinct is to say to just no. be dour all the time <laughs> <laughs> Emily Dickinson mm-hmm. writing That's your poetry right. in the darkness yep. um no I think yours is saying no let's create circumstances where we don't feel like we are in over our heads. Oh, that's right. Who? Because who were we talking to? Sister Rulebook herself. <laughs> Sister Rulebook herself. Yeah, that's right. That sounds about right for me. Yeah, yeah. So we did. We did a little bit of a little bit of traveling. We did a lot of camping, which we're going to talk all about <gasps> yes. later in the season. Yes, um, camping. camping. What a what a thrill! What a special new kind of 
thing that I didn't know I would love. Yeah, I yeah. know. You were just, you know, you like were a pig in shit after that first trip. Kind of. Yeah, yeah it was just yeah. like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Yeah. I think we were both here for it. Um, oh, yeah. We were so, both here for so, it. Yeah. So yeah, so we um we we rounded up our season later than we anticipated because some things came up that we wanted to discuss and here we are again. Here we are again. Like we never left. So, right. um we are headed back into the wilds um of our, you know, beautiful country. That's right. Um and we are starting our season off with actually chronologically where we left off in season 2. I know. Yeah. Which rarely happens that yeah. we do like one park and then another. I it's mean, it, it happens occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, so we rounded out our season two at Capitol Reef National Park and headed toward Mesa Verde National Park. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you get at the National Park you there. At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you So starting with this episode in season three, we're going to begin our episodes with our native land acknowledgement. We deeply believe in acknowledging the native land on which we were hiking and visiting and also the native land in which we are recording an episode. We have always included a native land acknowledgement. You can hear it in the credits, but we think it's really important that it's heard right up at the top. So while hiking on the trails of Mesa Verde National Park, we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Pueblo people and the Ute people. So let's dive into Mesa Verde. Uh, Mesa Verde was established June 29th, 1906. So they are a cancer. Oh. Water, water, nowhere. Nowhere. Not not there. Not there. Um, And that is potentially part of the reason why those native peoples left those spaces to begin with. It's yeah. something we're going to dive into in a later episode. Yeah. The park is best known for archaeology, bird watching, golden eagles, hummingbirds, and turkey vultures are there, and hiking. Although, I have to say that this is mostly a park for seeing archaeological sites um, and not so much for hiking. Mesa Verde was um, established as a national park to precisely to preserve culture. Right, because of the Antiquities Act, which yes. Teddy Roosevelt signed, which if you want to do a deep dive into Teddy Roosevelt and his history with the national parks and the racism that surrounded his conservation, those episodes can be found in season two. That's right. So, um, yeah, Mesa Verde, um, you know, most of the sites of the park are kind of up on the mesa itself. Um, so you have to 
when you drive in, you're at kind of street level, um, I guess is what I'll say. And then eventually you wind your way up to Mesa Top Road, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in a bit. Let's talk about where we started our morning. Yeah. So we left Capitol Reef National Park, which was essentially Torrey, Utah. Mm -hmm. We left Torrey, Utah and headed... We had to go back into Colorado because we had left Colorado... From Black Canyon. And gone to Capitol Reef. Mm -hmm. Did one day in Capitol Reef. If you listen to those four episodes, we actually did all of that in one day. Yep. And then we got up this day and um, we had actually thought about doing a hike that morning. Oh, I had my heart set on the Sulphur Creek hike. Yeah. Um, Like we were, I was just like, well, if we get up at like four in the morning and we have headlamps that we don't have, (laughs) but that we (laughs) use the night before and our flashlights on our phone, we can do this because it really did seem like a really wonderful hike. Um, We've since had people tell us that they were in Capitol Reef this summer. They did it and they really enjoyed it. But we also thought about doing the petroglyph panels that are basically right off of Highway 24 there. It's like a boardwalk trail to those petroglyphs because that is Dusty's bread and butter when we're out in the world of national parks. And you were like, I think it's okay if we don't do them. And I was definitely... A little shocked about that. Here's the reason why. But it, yeah. yeah, there's mm-hmm. a there's a big reason. So we were spending two days in Mesa Verde, and Mesa Verde, as we said earlier, is well known for its archaeological sites. There are four main sites that you can see: Cliff Palace, Spruce Tree House. Longhouse and Stephouse. Right. There are a variety of other smaller sites that you can see um, or see from afar that are are large but can't get to. But those four sites are kind of the main archaeological sites that people kind of look to, to when you go there. Now, some of those sites, and we'll talk a little bit more about them, are non-ticketed. You can kind of walk through them. However, the ticketed sites, you cannot buy a ticket online. You must buy a ticket in person. Yeah. So we had to kind of come up with a game plan for what we were going to do. It was going to take us, I think it was like another five hours to zip back from Torrey Mm -hmm. to Cortez, which is basically exactly where Mesa Verde is. We really needed to strategize and we didn't want to risk doing a hike early in the morning and then risk getting to Mesa Verde and there being no tickets left. Yes. Also, things to consider at this time was that we had the day before done all four of those epic hikes in Capitol Reef. Mm-hmm. And the day before that had done the Tamichi Road. <laughs> right. So, so we, we were, were tired. tired. Yeah. And so I think at that moment I was like, if we don't do the petroglyphs, it's fine. <laughs> Because my body was just oh, locked up. That is the theme for the day for me here in Mesa Verde was yes. exhaustion. Exhaustion. Like, exhaustion came for me in all of the ways. I yes, don't think I same. slept great at that hotel either. So the tireds were like approaching and like living inside of me and setting up like nests essentially. So we decided against any sort of hiking in Capitol Reef that morning. We headed out. Now part of that trip back took us through Moab. Moab. So we were like, maybe we just like, you know, we have our national parks pass. Let's just go up to Arches real quick or let's just drop into Canyon. And we were like, no, no, we can't. Not with time. No. If there was more time, if time was infinite in our favor, then yes. But um, we definitely like, we're like, Moab holds a special place in our hearts always, especially because 
we hiking mamas hiking mamas we yeah. met hiking mamas there yeah. go listen to those episodes yeah and then you'll hear all and about feel that. the love feel the love yeah so but this took us back you know we also passed goblin valley state park which was something that uh, was something i've been highly highly recommended do. for us to do um when we were at capitol reef the ranger had recommended it we passed the entranceway to it or at least the road that would then take you there and so that was like oh like a gut punch because that would have been something great to do can i tell you i did take a photo of goblin valley state park because Mm -hmm. as a terrible like dad joke if i'm teaching students and like i'm away i often tell them if they're like oh well where were you i'm like i was fighting a goblin (laughs) that's what i say all the time and then i took a photo of goblin state park the sign you mean the sign and these are usually like five to eight year old students who roll their eyes at me and go like god you're so dumb (laughs) you know and they're like okay all right what story are you going to tell us now about this goblin great you know but I did show them, I was like, yeah, no, literally Goblin Valley State Park. And they looked and they were like, oh. in their faces, it was like, okay, we know there's no such thing as goblins. Right. But there's a place called Goblin Valley State Park and you took a photo of it and this is what you're offering as evidence? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just epic eye rolls. Yep. Um, so yeah, along our drive back, we also passed, and this was something that we noticed, I think, on our first trip, the... Uh, the hole in the rock, which is like a roadside attraction. <laughs> yeah. That's literally just a hole in the rock. And yep. it's like painted like a giant painted sign on it. Like yep. the hole in the rock is here. And I think I just always giggle at that. I know. We, Cause we had we seen that we, when, when we driving were out there before. Yeah. We were yeah. headed South toward what was painted desert. Yeah. Petrohide mm-hmm. forest. It's coming this season. Yes. Um, had the giggles about that for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. Also, God, I love roadside attractions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like so super like kind of like lame Americana, I guess. I know. I'm here for it. I hope the people at Hole in the Rock don't come for me for that. I know. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. But the drive was lengthy. I feel like we didn't even talk to each other that much because I think we were just so tired. It was was so early. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like, usually I can sort of remember like some of the content of what we speak about or talk about or, right. or, or you the know, music we listen to music or, or what. I don't remember anything no. from this drive. This was like to Mesa Verde. We were just like spot. I think we talked a long time about just what feeling tired was <laughs> like. Right. So Dealing tired. with exhaustion. Right. Yeah. It's so funny how like conversations evolve as we yeah. grow older. Yep. After the lengthy sort of drive, we ended our sights or we ended our, our time on the road at the visitor center of Mesa Verde. So which is a fabulous, gigantic, um, beautiful visitor I center. I think like when we talk about visitor centers at the end of the season, this is gonna be the one where it's just like we're gonna come back to yes. it because holy cow, it was unbelievable to just see how well built beautiful mm-hmm. like it was clearly brand like for the most part brand new like yeah. it's it's a newer visitor center the architecture of it there was that statue at the outside of the indigenous person like it's kind of like almost on like a bow like it wasn't a bow but mm-hmm. it was like the structure that he was standing on was like he was climbing up and so that was like something that first greeted you the restrooms were like separate from the building they were beautiful they had like all of these informational panels in this breezeway between the main yep. building and the actual restrooms this was like a museum and visitor center where it was like we spent a lot of time 
I feel like we and really money. invested the time <laughs> and, money, and the money, honey. Or, yeah, the money, honey, to to bring that one to life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's um, it's a beautiful space, and I feel like what is uh, the stories and information presented in that space is um, pretty comprehensive. Yeah. So um, they also have a beautiful gift store with like. There was a lot in that gift store. Yeah. I remember I looked through and I um, I personally was looking for specifically regarding, um, you know, projects that I do. Yep. Is um, Oh, you were like really into that. The book section of this gift shop had lots of Native American legends, mythology, mm-hmm. folk stories by Native American authors. Right. So that was really important to me. I like zoomed right in and I was like, okay, you're proving to be a great resource here. Yeah. It's a very large atrium space. The museum itself was great and beautifully designed. There was a big map, like, right? Like a topographical, like sort of yes. map in the mm-hmm. space that was large too, that kind of showed like you an aerial view of the park itself. And then there were the ticket windows basically. Mm-hmm. So And there were lots of dioramas. Right. There were lots of dioramas. I do remember that. This is kind of the first visitor center I feel like where it did feel like I don't want to say like amusement parky, but like there were like like ticket windows to like this is like you could buy your pass there too, but it was like clearly Mesa Verde sees a lot of like action. A lot. Um, there weren't that Mesa many Verde. there weren't that many people when we were there at that moment in time. Clearly it's a lot of people go there because they have the capacity to handle that many people. And especially right. with how big the visitor center is, like that was one of the largest visitor centers I feel like we've been in. Right. Um, so I think it, it can handle the volume of people. Also talking about like and remembering being in spaces like with people, it's very foreign to me now living oh, in the time of COVID. Yes. I'm like, oh God, what were we doing? Like thinking about like, I'm like, oh, that was before that this was year. before. Yeah. Like I was like, it's, oh, did it's very strange. How do I remember going in there and experiencing right. that? Right. right. Because there were, it's an indoor space and right. there's so many people inside. Right. We approached the window and this is where, you know, these are rangers that are working at these stations. We were like, listen, we'd like to get a ticket for one of the archaeological sites. And he was like, well, the only site that's open right now is Cliff Palace because the road that you would need to take to get to Longhouse and Step House and Wetherill Mesa was closed. Right. Colorado had received like historic amounts of snow this that particular season that we were there. We didn't really feel that in Black Canyon. We didn't really see it in the Estes Park side of Rocky Mountain. When we were in Grand Lake, obviously, we dealt with it. There was actually a big storm that had rolled through like the week before we had gotten to Colorado. So unfortunately, the way that Mesa Verde is and the way that the roads are, this one road, which runs basically from Mesa Top Road, which will take you to the Weatherall Mesa, which is called Weatherall Mesa Road, it was closed at that point. And I think that's it's closed from basically September through May. So we were there in April. So there was right. no chance of that happening. No. So we talked to the ranger and he was like, so yeah, the only thing that's available is Cliff Palace. And I believe there may have been some tickets available that day, but it was we a weird time because we was, wanted to yes. hike and it didn't really fit into what our plan was. Right. 
Right. Right. So we were able to get, I believe, for the next day, two slots on the two o'clock tour, as I'm pretty sure it was like in the afternoon at some point. And then we talked to them about hiking. So at this point, he brings out the map and he which I have, which we're looking at right now, he highlighted a ton of stuff for us. And he was like, listen, Mesa Verde's, you know, there is some hiking. It's really known for its archaeological sites, um, but there are some hikes. There's going to be a lot of snow on some of these hikes. So it's unlikely that you're going to be able to do a ton. So he marked up the map for us. And he was like, these are the sites that I suggest. You can drive Mesa Top Road. That'd be a great start. Good luck. If you have any other questions, feel free to stop in. And so that's sort of where we um, were left. We were like, okay, let's make a game plan. And with that, let's take our first break. Okay, we're playing One Has to Go. It's been a while. It has been a while. Right. I think we played this on like episode one. (laughs) Remember that? Five million years ago? Mm -hmm. Because time has no meaning. Here we go. Yep. I'm ready with mine. Okay, great. One has to go. Mm -hmm. Long drives. Okay. Long flights. Mm -hmm. Long lines. Mm-hmm. The rest stay. The rest stay. Oh, that is, there's pain in all of those. There is. But I don't mind long drives, so long drives can stay. I don't either. I, you know, we've said many times we we fully enjoy long drives. I'm going to say long lines must go. And I will keep long flights because just standing at that Avis counter for a million hours the first time we took a trip just sends shutters down my spine. Let me tell you, <laughs> I there's waiting in line. Yeah. I don't love that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say long lines too. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we're headed into the autumnal season, I figured that this would be inappropriate. One has to go pumpkin spice latte, apple cider or mold cider. Ooh. I really love all of those things. I know. I made it hard Wait, for you. So it's pumpkin... It's specifically a pumpkin spice latte. Or a pumpkin spice whatever. We'll say pumpkin spice chai. Pumpkin spice... So pumpkin spice as a sure, thing. as a thing. And then... As a beverage thing. Oh, okay. And apple cider is a beverage thing. Mm-hmm. Mold cider mold is a beverage thing. God, I do love mold cider. Mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't get as much play as the other two. Should. And I love it. Mm-hmm. But it has to go. Oh, yeah. okay. Goodbye. Booze. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep pumpkin spice because you know what? It's great. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And I, I don't so. like it when people come for other people <laughs> about it. I think yeah. it's done. I, um, and I also like apple cider stuff. Yeah. I so just feel like cider. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, yeah, pumpkin spice is fine and all, but it's just like not anything that like I ever you know, totally latched onto, but I do like that sort of like warm cinnamony kind of yeah, like pumpkin feel. I feel like apple cider is too sweet for me these days. So I'm oh. going to say goodbye to her. Plus it gives me gas. Oh, <laughs> that's why. All right. There you go. There we go. One two truths to go. and a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so we left the visitor center in the car. Mm-hmm. And on the map, way down at the very, what looks like the very top, but it is actually, I mean, a little easier to think of it as the very bottom. Right. It's the visitor center. Mm -hmm. But it is at the top of the map when you are looking at the map Mm -hmm. of Mesa Verde. And and so we knew that we were going to be driving on top of the Mesa uh, and seeing like, you know, Mesa Top Ruins Road. I believe this was a point where I was driving because I know your fear of 
Well, actually, I think what happened was, is I started driving, saw what was (laughs) happening and was like, I cannot do this. And then you were very gracious and I pulled over and then we switched. Sounds about right. (laughs) But speaking of, you know, this day, as soon as that happened, my entire body went, yeah, power down. Ooh, power down in this moment. Yeah. I was struggling just to like keep my eyes open Mm -hmm. and stay awake and alert and all of the things that we were about to do. This is sort of reminiscent of Black Canyon for me and that day too, because I feel like I think when you're in a park and you're just driving and stopping, it's sort of the same when we did the driving stops at Arches. I definitely am like, well, this isn't as interesting and my body's tired now. It's like, I'd rather be on a trail and like, I'm awake and alive and there's oxygen. Yes. So I get it. I think I was also tired, but I was driving on a, you know, a precipice essentially (laughs) to try to keep us alive. Right, right, right. And you were like a pro. That's right. Even though apparently I get fun of all the time. Well, I'm complimenting your (laughs) driving this time. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yep. So, um, so it's yeah, genuine. it is heading up the Mesa. You do get onto Mesa top road and it is a very, very curvy, like windy sort of road. It also felt very much like skyline drive in Shenandoah. Like yeah. there were those vibes that I was really feeling too. And I found the map to be very accurate mm-hmm. as far as the curves yep. and the distance and everything. Right. Mesa top road will take you to either Wetherill Mesa road or it'll take you all the way down to where Balcony House and Cliff Palace and Spruce Tree House are. So Mesa Verde, if you were thinking about this road is Right toward the beginning of, or the first third of this road is all these different lookout points. Mm -hmm. Then you have the fork in the road. If you were to head to the right of the fork, that would take you to Wetherill Mesa, but that was closed. And then head to the left, you have this long sort of like open road for a while. And then the end of that is all of the other archaeological sites that Mesa Verde is known for. So what we decided to do is sort of head as far out on the road as we could, um, which is like something we did when we were in Black Canyon, to the furthest point out and stop there and then wind our way back. Um, Because the hike that we were going to do was actually, we had passed it on our way up um, where we were going to like actually stop and hike. The first lookout that we went to was the geological overlook stop. Um, and I just remember like it was cold and it was very windy. Yeah. Um, we but, put on layers. Yeah. It was definitely like a day for like lots of layers here. And a day for sneakers. And a day for sneakers. Which, I mean, for a for while. The, for the first part anyway. Yeah. I don't really remember too much sticking out there for me. It was definitely a point that we stopped at. Yes. Um, overlook. Any overlook on this road has a beautiful oh, sweeping view. Of the valleys that are. It's either the Mancos Valley or the Montezuma Valley. Yes. So you're kind of getting either of those, um, which is... they're incredible which we would also get later on the hike we started to drive our way back and wind back and the next point that we were at was the park point overlook now park point overlook each of these stops also similar to black canyon of the gunnison has a small hike that you can take out um and it's very small it's very small it's very very small but at this point this is where there is a fire watch tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where we learn 
a good deal about the fires that have happened in the park um, and the fire history and what the watchtower was meant for. And we would see some of the landscape that's burned. This is also mapped out for you, like in and very like there's placards kind of all the way around this fire tower. So it kind of maps out like here's where this burn was during this year. And then when we were driving later the next day, these were sites that we were actually able to see or burn areas that we were able to see. So that's a great stop too, just for kind of getting the history of fire history in the park. And it was a great lookout point too. This one was a little bit longer of a, like a jaunt. And I just remember it. (laughs) I remember from the the parking lot up, it was like a pretty steep incline. Oh, it's very steep. And I just remember again, the tires were there. The tires were there from the beginning. And so as we were on our way out to the geological overlook, there was discussion of like, are we going all the way out to that one or not? (laughs) And then we did. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we saw all of them. Right. After the Park Point Overlook, um, working our way back was the Montezuma Valley Overlook. Um, Note, all of these have restrooms at them. (laughs) Unlike Rocky Mountain National Park. Right. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um, So Montezuma Valley Overlook, it was very windy at this overlook. This was the one where like you could stand there. We stood there for a minute. It was really windy and there were some other people right nearby. You could walk out. And you could walk out and there was sort like of a along tiny little trail yeah. along the cliff edge to the right. Because then there was a ruin that was right. further out that there was also, this is also, um, it had a periscope. So you could look yes. and it was free of charge. You could look through the periscope at the ruin because it was far enough away. You kind of needed it to get a, a closer look. All these sort of overlooks really felt like the parks that we'd been to before that have had these sort of like stop and go moments where you can stop and and really take in the view. And it did feel like a lot like Black Canyon in the ways that you were you're stopping and getting these views Canyonlands even there's plenty of overlooks in Canyonlands and Shenandoah. Yep. And it really gives you a, a great sense of being able to take in the surroundings. So there are some hikes in the park, which we are going to talk about. But honestly, at this point on the road, there's no hiking except for these little jut outs that you're taking from one point to the next. That's something that really didn't give us much to energize us. So hence the tires just sort of continue. Yes. Yes. But we knew that this was all headed toward eventually doing a hike. Right. Which was back towards the visitor center. Right. And there were a few over there But the one that um, was recommended to us was the Point Lookout Trail. Part of the reason that was the one that was recommended was because some of the others that were right there, which launched from the campground and parking lot, there was a lot of snow based off of the like how that those areas were shaded, how that part of the trail was shaded. So the ranger was like, listen, you can try it. He's like, I know Point Lookout's going to be clear. I've heard reports that it's clear. I know that um, some of the other trails that are there, like there was a much longer trail. It was the Prater Ridge Trail. Yeah. Um, And he's like, it's going to be real snowy and it's going to be real muddy. So if you want to do that. And I think that both of us sort of had like a PTSD moment from from, uh, Grand Lake. A little bit. The other trail that was over there that we didn't do was the Knife Edge Trail. It was like a two mile out and back. 
both of them looked great. And um, I'm sure that, you know, when they're not covered in snow, they're really fun. Right. So what that left us with is what the ranger suggested, which was the Point Lookout Trail, which was 2.2 miles out and 2.2 miles back. So almost four and a half miles altogether. At this point, we... It had gotten a lot warmer, and we had parked at the Moorfield campground, and it was time to stretch and hit the trail. Yeah. And with that, let's take another break. It's time for Drag Corner. Yeah, it's time. The time has arrived. Ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between, please welcome to the stage. Daya Rama. God, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Diorama. Brought to life by the dioramas of the Mesa Verde Visitor Center. That's right. She was born there, and <laughs> that's where she retains her power. <laughs> and, and, and any museum where there's a diorama. Um, Maybe so. Maybe her so. merch is like a tiny small doll of herself. Mm, and like it's that. like a... I like a know. Polly Pocket-esque... Clay yeah, kit? perhaps so. <gasps> like Polly Pocket goes to the national parks. Maybe. What are we saying we that Diorama is a national park queen officially? Oh yeah. Why not? Oh, okay. Great. Aren't they all? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they all are, oh. but she she certainly she could. could. Be. She's got the merch line lined up. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does. Um, yeah, Diorama. So yeah, I think everything she does is like rooted in perspective like scale and the changing of scale so there's a lot of pageantry it's like a ryan murphy production (laughs) (laughs) right tons of pageantry right so she's like an art perspective queen right so there's like her act has like forced perspective like the stages that she's on yeah so it looks like she is like really tiny and far off in the distance and then she comes and she's like really big or vice versa oh, like interesting i think there's like some something to be said for that like she doesn't change size that's impossible i mean unless we're living in fantasy but i think the forced perspective gives the viewer the idea that she is and how is that like um connected to dioramas or is that well i think because it doesn't size, have to be scale because of changing scales. Oh, of because I see, I see, I see. <laughs> yes. So she plays around with that mm-hmm. in her act. Uh huh. Totally. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I see. Yeah. There you go. You can. <laughs> what if he was on our side? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, and I do think like there's like a little bit of a nod to like you know toys like i feel like sure. that, like because of the small size mm-hmm. of things and like doll clothing and things like that change of perspective maybe like there is this uh, um part of her act is uh, becomes a dollhouse or the dollhouse like she starts and i just there's so many ideas they're exploding. there's a lot of ideas <laughs> she's very geometric mm-hmm. in her um in her planning, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. What song does she lip sync to? I mean, I feel like Barbie Girl is like probably like on the nose, but I think so too. Yeah, our house in the middle sure. of the street. Could be our house. Um, That's not really a lip sync no, song. No, I was going to say everybody wants to rule the world, but Tears for Fears is not lip synky either. Not really. No, unless um, you dance jam it. I think Barbie Girl could work, yeah. especially if like that's her thing. Mm-hmm. If she's like Barbie, but like math, then math Barbie, a math Barbie, mm-hmm. then maybe it's that could work. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of leaving the idea of like 
she's not necessarily national park queen. Like she's not like a, she's not like inundated with references to national parks. No, but I feel like she could like, um, like in her merch, like, do you know what a Polly pocket is? Yeah, of course. Well, I feel like she could have like Polly Pocket. (laughs) I mean, are we both gay? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. I feel like she could have those as like, you know, those would be like play sets, but it would be like Diorama goes to Canyonlands and then you'd open it up and there would be like a Canyonlands landscape, you know? Oh, that's really fascinating. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Let's get the merch rolling. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right. Right. Her signature drink is a teeny martini. <laughs> a teeny martini. Right. A martini. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between, please welcome to the stage. Diorama. We park in the Moorfield Campground parking lot. There's literally no one else in this parking lot they were they moving made like, like they'd made part of the parking lot like a storage area like for, a staging area too yeah can't, wasn't it for picnic tables i feel like they were moving stuff they were moving a lot of stuff yeah. and there was also like tractors and mm-hmm. you know yeah that kind of equipment so it's clear that like we were early visitors to mesa verde in the season um, yeah because this was not the time nor the place for a lot of hiking to be taking place. Yep. So we we geared up. I think we both like snacked at this point because we were like tired, hungry, which is like the best kind of hungry. The best kind of, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Great. It had gotten a lot nicer out at this point. We kind of like, when we were there, it was a little bit of a gray day and like sort of like kind of overcast with the sun kind of coming through and it was windy and it was cold, but the sun decided to poke its head out a little bit more. So while we were layered up, um, we definitely were like, okay, this is going to only last for so long. Um, and I think at a certain point we definitely de-layered on the trail because it was a lot warmer. Um, yeah, I remember the trail was pretty flat when it started. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, uh, like through a field Yeah, is essentially what you were walking through at the beginning of this trail through a field and then it was switchbacks they weren't like the steepest of switchbacks but yeah i think we were tired (laughs) but we were tired and we were like okay there's switchbacks and we were just like all right so i remember at this point it was definitely like a beasting through switchback situation right just like up 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 at one point we were like we have to play some sort of mental game to keep ourselves awake and And this was also like the point where it was like oh it's now it's very warm and yep off come the layers. Off like, come the layers. Because um, I think we were down to probably shorts and a t-shirt at this point. Yes. Because um, it had like warmed up considerably. And basically, you're sort of on the side of like, I guess, a hill or a small mountain, essentially. But basically, the we were in the sun and cut off from the wind at this point yeah. as we were climbing up. It definitely got a lot warmer and stayed that way. This is also a point where we're able to see these like on the way up kind of look behind us the parking lot is very far below like it didn't take us a lot of time to gain elevation and i feel like we gained a considerable amount oh we gained plenty also part of this was there was no snow we really were in the best advice the ranger had given us is like there's no snow take this hike it's going to be great and And it was it it was was totally clear and right in the sunlight and and it was not too rocky and it was a pretty sandy sort of trail eventually what happens is you sort of wind yourself up to this like very flat area at the top 
this is a very level flat section. Yes, it was. And it kind of stayed that way the rest of the way. Yeah. This is also where you see everything below you. This was like an excellent hike to be recommended, especially in a situation where there wasn't a lot of hiking to be done because the view at this point um, from Point Lookout is spectacular. Just all-encompassing and sweeping. You were definitely like, I'm not going near the edge of that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. (laughs) I'm always the one that's like, I'll go closer. Like, let me poke the bear. Um, But actually, not really. The view was just like, just seeing out was incredible. This is also a point now that we are off of the switchbacks where the wind decided to make a reappearance. She returned. Definitely. Yeah. The thing about Point Lookout is you can actually see it from when you're driving yes. right out of the visitor center. Yes. And so reflexively, and it, you it can see the so visitor center. high. Yes. Yeah. It looks so high in the air. And then like when we got up there and you could see the visitor center from up there, I was like, oh, this is that spot. Yeah. This is that spot they were talking about. It was so, it was really high up. Yeah. Um, and it was really, really cool um, to be up that high, to be able to see all that and then to also be like, hey, we were down there, you know, a little while yeah. ago. Anytime you're on a hike and you could kind elevation. of see the parking lot, the visitor center parking lot. Yeah, you could yeah. see the visitor center parking lot and how tiny everything oh, yeah. was down there and the road too. So, yeah. you know, most of the rest of the hike up here is like Dusty said, it's it's pretty flat. Once you get up to Point Lookout, you can actually kind of go a little bit like you get up to the top there is this flat area where you see a lot of the valley and then you kind of hike a little bit more and that kind of brings you to like the main viewpoint where you're able to see more things but along the way too there was do you remember the, these like ruins that were up there it was almost like the footprint of a building oh, that had yeah, been there yeah, at some yeah. point mm-hmm. um so that was something that was also at the top that was like a really sort of fascinating just like we didn't expect um yeah. on our hike which was great i think it sort of was a little bit of energy for us to see what we were going to see the following day, because at this point, you know, other than the the ruin that we saw from afar at the one overlook, we didn't really see any ruins at this point. I think this was also the first park where we were seeing like archaeological yes. sites that were Native American archaeological sites. Yes. Right. I don't think we not had... necessarily on the show. Like, I right. feel like we've seen some things in the show prior mm-hmm. to this moment. Yeah. But but in real life, yes, it was. Yeah, this was so it was it was really like it was a different park for a lot of reasons, but this was like a a definitive point of excitement because it was like what you know, what will this be like to see these things in person? Because I feel like I'd seen the photos of Cliff Palace oh, and certainly. Spruce Tree House before. I mean, if you Google Mesa Verde, yeah, that is those what are the you things see. that are gonna come yes. up. So there was definitely like a real excitement about what the next day was going to bring. We spent a, a good deal of time up at the top taking photos, but um, the wind was so like brutal up there because we were yes. like essentially exposed to everything that we didn't spend like a ton, a ton of time up there. The hike back down was like pretty easy. I didn't. It think, went by like, pretty quick. I remember like flying through that. I was like, oh, this only felt like doing like a mile worth of worth of work right but i think it was also like after having been tired and hiking up it was a welcome reprieve to oh, like yeah. go down and to go down pretty easy because 
there's times that we've gone down a, a steeper hike where it's craggy and the, there's small rocks and it's just like a pain on your feet. But Yosemite I, Falls. Yeah, to name drop. But um, <laughs> I do feel like this was an easy hike to navigate in all senses. As we kind of neared the bottom, I, I felt like it didn't really feel like it was two and a half miles or oh, not. Two well, and a half it miles. was 4.4 at yeah. that point. It didn't really feel like it was, you know, close to four and a half miles. We said end. that out loud too. Mm. We were like, that felt shorter than 2.2 miles. Right. At this point, it was probably mid afternoon. I think if we had a little bit more energy, if it wasn't getting late, because it was still early in the season, I think we maybe would have attempted like to do the knife edge or to do or just part to see, of greater rim. Yeah, part of it that would have, um, maybe been clear right but i do feel like similarly to i keep bringing up black canyon but this day was really reminiscent of it in that we did all those viewpoints and And then then we did a hike hike at the end yeah and it was kind of the same formula and it it worked well um and i do feel like that that hike at the end did give me enough of a burst of energy to not feel like i was going to totally fall asleep agreed agreed it's (laughs) sort of like rejuvenated me a little bit too and with that, we made our way out of the park and we headed off to our Airbnb. Let's put the Point Lookout Trail on the Karen Stone scale. Great. I'm going to say three. I was going to say four. Great. So a seven out of 20. 20. Yeah, I feel like it's accessible. I mean, the only thing that might be tricky is just there is some incline to deal with. But I didn't feel like the the trail was like unkempt or unmanageable in any way um, when it comes to like your footfall. Yeah. Um, I mean, that section of switchbacks is... uh, I remember looking at it going like, oh, these don't look like they'll be that long. But they were... Long enough. <laughs> yeah. They were certainly um, long enough. And the top part is pretty flat and you get great views. So yeah. it's definitely a trail for as short as it is. If you're in Mesa Verde, you find yourself there in a little bit of a warmer time of the year, then it's definitely a hike that I would do. And I would do everything else that's around that campground area because I'm sure that it's great. But I can't know that for sure until I head back to Mesa Verde and do those trails. That's right. And now let's do some Jeopardy style trivia. <laughs> Okay, who would like to go first? It don't matter to me. Why don't you start, Mike? Great. <laughs> it's been a while since we've written trivia. I, I mean, since we've written, you know, some Jeopardy categories. Style trivia categories. Yeah, exactly, because we <laughs> Jeopardy is a show that right. has a trademark. Right. We are just doing questions in the style of Jeopardy. Right, exactly. For a while during quarantine, we're doing them every night on For Instagram like Live. For a month. For like a month. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've never written that many categories of Jeopardy in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. It was like also like the intense thing. It's like, oh my God, I have to get this done. I know. Yeah, I so. know. Like a race to 8 p.m. or whatever. When yeah, we whatever would do time that. we do it. What a time to be alive. I know. <laughs> Great. Okay. So let's do Jeopardy. So this category is all about points and points that you can get on things in your life. Um, so okay. I, I can't really give you an example because the ones that I have are going to okay. like, you know, basically start things off. So I'll go ahead and start with 100. Okay. Reckless, drunken, and speedy are words that relate to these types of points that you do not want. 
What are points on your license? Correct. Your driver's license? Yeah, that's okay. exactly correct. Okay. Gas, groceries, and restaurants are all words that will give you these types of points that most adults would really like. What are rewards points? Right, or points on your credit card. Or Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Right. Great. Lender, rate, and percent are things that relate to these types of points, which can help you out in the long run. Is that like equity or like... You're in the right neighborhood. Um, like mortgage mm-hmm. points? That's right. Mortgage okay. points. Great. There you go. I know this is like a very sort of bland category. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I wanted to make it easy because I know sometimes I don't. No, um, it's okay. Calculate, gram, and habit are all words that relate to these types of points that people across the country utilize in their health journey. Calculate, gram, and habit. Habit. What is Weight Watchers point? That's correct. Very good. Mm. And finally, for 500 this is a $500 clue. Okay, great. Big green sign, high occupancy toll, and fork are all terms that might re- you might encounter when using this app, which apparently you can gain these types of points on depending on your usage. Oh, is it? Ways points. That's correct. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> points of interest. <laughs> I love ways. I love ways. <laughs> not a not an official sponsor, right? But could be. Okay, my category, Mike. Are you ready? Sure, I'm ready. Is called looks like it rhymes. Okay. So these two words look like they may rhyme, but they do not rhyme. Okay. So I do have an example. So. This is what you might feel if you encountered a grizzly on a nature trail. Scary berry? Nope. Bear is one of the words. Okay. What's another word for scare? Or scared? Frightened bear? <laughs> no. It's another word for scare. Um, What's the feeling word? <laughs> scared? <laughs> another word for scare. What's the noun version? Scarn? <laughs> no. <laughs> For the record, okay. Um, we've just recorded two episodes in a row. And like at the beginning of this one, he was like, let's just do the third one right after this. And I was like, I think we might need a break, case in point. I right. think we're going to need a break. Can you repeat the directions? Okay. Please. They look like they rhyme. Okay. So it's two words okay. that look like they rhyme. Okay. But they don't rhyme. Okay. This is what you might feel if you encountered a grizzly on a nature trail. The answer we're looking for is bear fear. Oh, I see. I got you. I they got you. They look got you. like they rhyme. Got you. It's so it's like not a homophone, essentially. Like, not that they would be homophones in any way, but the, the right. rhyming sound is different. Because rhyming the, sound is um, different. The emphasis on the wrong syllable. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah great. great. All right. Okay, great. Bear Are you fear. ready? I got it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I don't think this is hard, but maybe it's super hard. And if it is, I'm very sorry. Oh, I wasn't sure if that was a clue. <laughs> the way that you said. <laughs> Punchy. Okay, great. Here we go for 100. Mm-hmm. You might add these to your cart. If you're buying groceries to make two different types of soups, one vegetable-based, one chicken-based. Is broth one of the words? That is correct. Okay. Um, really zoom in on the word 
to both broths correct there we're both broth yeah got it all right good shot i'm like the stress the, the sweat beads right now you've really like tapped into a part of my brain that i haven't used in a while and i'm really like the anxiety is here it's heavy. also is this like the kind of thing is this tapping this into is that like, part of your brain hey i'm gonna sing a song in a different like use the lyrics but sing it in a different way and that like drives me insane oh when yeah. i'm like wait what what was it it was like you have to guess the song but i'm gonna use different lyrics right right exactly right Whew. okay i'm ready for 200 okay here we go right. for 200 this is what might happen if you were to gag on the cookie mixture before it's cooked if you wrote a gag if you were to gag. Oh, okay. Though wrote a gag. I mean, <laughs> she should be a queen if I've ever heard one before. Wrote a gag. That might be my that might be my new name. Wrote a gag. <laughs> Punchy. Punchy Jeopardy. We give it to you. All right. Um, if you were to gag on the cookie mixture before it's cooked. Okay. Batter is one of the words. It's not. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Think a little thicker than a batter and you would have a what? What is a dough? Yeah. What is a, um, a dough cough? Correct. There we go. <laughs> I'm rubbing my temple. You are. I was just about to I'm say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. Ready for 300. Mm-hmm. This is what you might call a typeface that appears at the beginning of a document. What is a front font? Correct. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) You're so nervous. Okay, great. For 400. This is what you might say to me if I were to ask you, oh, I forgot to pick up beer on the way here. Should I run to the store now? Something you haven't done. (laughs) I I haven't. Mm -hmm. I haven't. Um, Things I could do. uh, All the things I could do. No, sorry. Say the clue again. You're screwing me up. Don't (laughs) sing. If this is what you might say to me uh-huh. if I ask you, oh, I forgot to pick up beer on the way here. Should I run to the store now? Beer queer? Uh, no, <laughs> the end those rhyme. I know. Is um, beer one no, of the no, words? No, no, no. This is a command? This is a command you would say to me if I said <sighs> that to you. Go now? Go is one of the words. I'm really struggling right now. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> We were looking for do go. Oh, okay. Got it. Yep. <laughs> and finally. I was like, what is my brain? I feel like I have broken your brain. Your brain. <laughs> this really? moment. Okay, we have one more. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. Here we go. I'm stressed. Rogue artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. global warming, and nuclear war all pose this to the world. Is Donald Trump the answer? <laughs> I mean, he could be on this list, right. too. Um, is disaster one of the words? It's not, no. But think about, like, if something could happen, then it's a what? A potential? It is a potential. Possible? It is possible. Like, I don't make this. I make promises. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever heard that? quote before <laughs> just make that up <laughs> i'm on the floor right now and <laughs> i can't breathe um i don't make this. i didn't come here to make friends i came here to be number one i came here to row a gag <laughs> um 
I don't know. I'm if really something hard. could, it's really if something, really all of these things could what? Kill us. Yes. Yeah. So they could cause great harm. Right. Something that could cause great harm is a what? Is a menace. <laughs> is <laughs> this a menace. Is like, guess the word with my contestant. <laughs> the word we were looking for is threat. Okay. So then a what? A death threat. No. No. We were looking for great threat. A great threat. It's been great being on this show. <laughs> There'll be a new host next week along with Dusty. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. You are punchy, girl. Mm-hmm. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Mesa Verde and all of the parks we visit on this show, visit our website gaze at the national parks.com that's gaze g-a-z-e all original artwork featured on instagram and on our website is by michael ryan all original music was written by dave seaman and performed by dave seaman mariella klinger and sean Sklios. our music producer is skylar ford gang this episode was edited by dustin ballard we would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, now known as Ocean County, New Jersey. Stay tuned for our next episodes on Mesa Verde National Park. We didn't do the knife edge. Are you talking about the Prater Ridge Trail? We didn't do the Prater Ridge Trail. I know. <laughs> But you're talking about a trail we didn't do right now. We did. We did the Point Lookout Trail. Okay. I have a photo of the signboard. No, no, no. Yeah. I know. Okay. We were just in conversation about trails we did not do. Right. And you were saying like, because it's going to be money and because it's going to be one of the ones we looked at doing was... These other ones. And so that's what I thought you were talking no, about. No, no. I was saying we ended up doing the... You said the point lookout. <laughs> Go back, rewind. No, 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 no. Yeah. I know I said yeah. that. But you were... I. We were saying there were other... You can try them. Some of the other ones that we had looked at were... That's, that's where I'm getting confused in this conversation. Sorry. That's okay. You said some of the other ones that we looked at just keep this argument in for that <laughs> <laughs> from the Moorfield campground like one was one is the 7.8 mile Prater Ridge Trail another being the Knife Edge Trail right but those are ones we didn't do I know and I yeah. think it's important to mention them by name oh I thought I did I don't remember you saying that <laughs> that's why I'm confused I'm pretty sure right I now. did rewind it and go back to where we can start the-